to to be successful at getting other people to follow you requires some leadership. But ultimately, what causes people to follow you or to write you checks is your level of passion and believability. If they don't think you believe in it enough to ask for the resources, then they're going to either be shy about writing it or they're going to write you less. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to First Priority Podcast. I am glad that you are here again this week and you will be too because I have with me today uh, my friend and co-laborer in Christ, Warren Robold, who is the Executive Vice President of Ministry Development. Uh, he's out in summary fundraising uh, for the ministry and as he's going to say here later, uh, helping us take one bite at a time and, and getting people on board uh, for doing that. So. Uh, he's got a long history of um, ministry and sales and business experience, and God has brought him to our team just a short while ago um, to help take the hope of Christ to every student. So welcome, Warren. I'm Warren Robold. I'm the Executive Vice President of Development and Ministry Relations. Most of my time and efforts on development, or more specifically for you guys listening, fundraising, in respect to finding the resources necessary to accomplish the mission. I've been married for 44 years this October, and my wife and I met in youth ministry and have had four kids, 13 grandkids. I travel every week somewhere to share our vision and uh, ask people to get behind it and underwrite it and support it. it. Gives me the opportunity to meet people from various walks of life. Uh, which is very interesting to me because most people think people are different everywhere, but there are more similarities, even with potential donors, than there are dissimilarities. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, and how long have you been with First Priority? I'm finishing up three years at the end of the year. Uh, this will add three more years to my uh, 24 years of fundraising and 40 years of selling. Yep. Uh, in my background, business startups, things like that. Well, you're creating quite a stir in first priority land. Uh, that is for sure, because, uh, yeah, three short years, uh, you've been very successful in helping raise funds and uh, get our first three districts up off the ground. So we're excited to have you on the show today and to talk uh, a little bit of fundraising. Yeah, me too. I, I think this is something that I had to feel comfortable with, learned how we operate, what we do, so it can be more effective at it. Uh, but I do think there are things that people will probably enjoy and glean from this and, and the ones that will follow. Yep, yep. Well, and that uh, reminds me, too, of you coming on uh, three months before COVID hit, really, three, four months right there, uh, <laughs> just getting to know each other. We got all shut down and went yep. virtual, not viral. We went virtual and all that. And Yes, uh, it was an interesting moment where we questioned a lot of things, but uh, we see God's hand at work and coming back out of it again. It was perfect timing. Yeah, for me, uh, that was um, a very special time. Uh, I certainly didn't expect that none of us did and the disruptions that it causes to your plans. Yeah. But we have a responsibility to God, regardless of the difficulty we face to trust him through it. And that's what we did. And it became 
clear to me that uh, the role I was being placed in, I could not be successful at without making changes to how we do it and yep. what I'm asking for. Yep. And once we settled on that, and particularly the, I, I don't even know how many hours, a lot of challenging and asking questions and determining what assets of my background I could bring to this that would help us be successful and fill this seat on the bus. Yep. I think we came away with a product, you know, if I can say it that way, that yep. has resulted in those people that I meet with around the country, they have been blessed by God. Yep. to help move the needle in whatever direction you're asking them has landed on uh, on good ground. It has been something palatable them that the ones that decided to got behind it. That's right. That's right. We'll jump into your expertise uh, for our listeners. Uh, let's talk about some fundraising and some, some steps that uh, they can take in order to be successful um, in raising money to help students reach students in their school. So let me start off by saying this, that um, first of all, and foremost, and this is my own interpretation of my own background experience, fundraising is hard work. Yeah. Uh, it's challenging at times. Um, you got to have thick skin. And you, you got to, more important than any of that, is you got to have a biting faith in God that that which he has called you to do, he is going to bless it and He's going to do that exceedingly and abundantly. Yeah. And for me to transfer knowledge and experience, it has much more depth to it than just these are the things you do and these are the things you don't do. Yeah. And so what you and I have talked about, Brad, is doing a series of these messages and a manner by which we can uh, break apart those things that I think people watching this would be interested in learning about so that it's not regurgitating information that they may have read or heard about before, but can be practically applied. And if that is the outcome that we reach, then I think there's going to be a lot of success that other people can have and start talking about in regards to their own fundraising. Yeah. So uh, this today, I just want to talk about the generalities of fundraising what are the things that could potentially cause you to be more successful at it? And then from there, uh, each time we do one of these, and we haven't discussed the frequency yet, but one, as we do them, we'll spend time subsetting different aspects of it. And if sure. I look away a little bit, just I wanted to make sure I, I hit the key points here on my notes in respect to um, some of the things I think people think about and want to do. Now, to keep this simple, I decided to go ahead and use our own EPIC uh, acronym like for it. how I might share the big picture stuff and uh, do an outline to it. Keep it simple. Um, e, yeah. uh, first thing that I think you need to think about when you're going to be fundraising evaluating, you need to evaluate each of the areas that are going to be functionally important to raising the funds. And secondary to that is after you've evaluated is how do you execute? Because it's not just running into people's doors and offices and uh, and just saying, hey, I need your help. Can you help me? Uh, no donor has the responsibility to help you. In our field of work and what we're doing as a ministry, 
what we pray is that they'll have sympathy for what we do, identification for what we do. And if we've done our job right and explain our vision and passion, then it becomes a very simple thing to ask for the help. The, the P in, yep. in here is, uh, again, preparation. Very similar, but you don't just uh, decide you're going to go raise money one day. you got to be ready to go out and do that. And so for me, having that early time at First Party of America was helpful and really digesting and learning what we do and how we do. And, and I think most of you admit on the surface it's complicated um, until you figure it out and, and digest. And that's my methodology. I just learn things and I tend to get better at them the more I apply it, explaining them. So you have to really be prepared. Um, so you got to know your mission and you got to know your vision and you have to know what your goals are. Goals are so important, and we talk about our rocks and the things that we do, but you really do have to know where you ended up. Stephen Covey said uh, years ago, he, begin with the end in sight. So in this particular role, I began with the idea, uh, and you've heard us talk about this uh, around Mark or Brad or any others, 100 markets. So that, that's big lifting, right? The, we, we've not done that before. How do we do that? How do we accomplish that? And what would might that look like? Yeah, because that helps me in guiding my path and meeting people. All right, uh, I'm hitting the high levels of this. Okay, I for invest. You have to invest the time and the energy to learn a craft. I don't care what it is, and fundraising is no different. It's a craft. I said earlier, it's about hard work. It is hard work. Um, it can be very rewarding. But it doesn't happen just by haphazardly approaching the subject or working with and trying to identify donors and helping them get on board with you. So mm -hmm. you have to invest the time and energy in it. And then you have to have that same energy delivered in the presentation that might end up resulting in success. Yep. And this is the one everybody hates probably, but it's so critical is to close. How do I close? How do I get there? Now, I have a little bit different technique that I've developed over decades on how to do this. Uh, but when I'm closing an argument or a discussion for uh, anything, uh, but in this case, raising money, it's as fluid and as simple a process that it seems illogical that they should not be asked to help. And yet, uh, it's been stated that the number one reason people fail to get help is they fail to ask. Yeah. And that's coming from donors. So in other words, it doesn't help you to talk for an hour and then say, thanks for your time. And then think they're going to help you because <laughs> they're not because you haven't deliberately asked. Yep. Um, there's a lot of thoughts that flow into my mind as I'm sharing you with this, but I'm putting restraint on them only because I don't want to take it down bunny trails right now that potentially would leave you wondering, okay, well, how do I do that? Uh, we'll get to that as we go forward. Sure. So one of the things I will tell you about closing, it isn't the final thing you do. It's what you do all through a conversation with someone. Uh, let, me, let me give you an example. So you're in a meeting with someone and you're talking about the condition of young people in America today. You're, you drill down a little bit more. You're going to talk about suicide rates. So you said, you know, the number two cause of death quickly catching up to accidental death is suicides among teens. And, and I said, that's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, that's horrible. Quiet. Mm -hmm. I want him to say yes or no. She, yes or no. That's a part of a close. 
Mm. So when, when you go through um, a thoughtful process of discussion, you want to take one step at a time and make sure that you're getting agreement, affirmation to what you've been talking about. So that at the end, you can summarize by saying, we already agreed that. Yep. You list what the agreement was. And mm. now because of that, I'm asking you to help support us with a $50,000 check. Well, that's what you're talking about with theological, right? It's it's illogical for them not to help because their help will reduce the suicide percentages or whatever the, the things are that you set up ahead of time. Right. Wealthy people who God's blessed with wealth are interested in giving to causes that they believe in. Mm. So your passion will win a lot of that, but your knowledge and how you deliver it will be equally as important, but it will sit on the table and in their checkbook if you don't deliberately ask. And normally I do give people choices. Would it be easier for you to give 100,000 or 50,000 be easier? Yep. There's a rule of thumb in closing. It's basically whoever speaks after a closing question is asked loses. Hmm. So it can get uncomfortable. I've sat across people for minutes before anybody would speak. Sure. But what you're trying to get to is a yes or a no. No's don't mean no. They just mean not now. Yep. So you just want to make sure that you're asking. You're asking in a manner by which makes sense. You don't ask the guy who you've talked to someone as a referral and they say they can give up to five or ten grand when and you ask for a hundred. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you certainly don't want to ask somebody for five or 10 grand who has capacity to give a hundred. Yeah. So you have to know your background. That's all part of that preparation part of this discussion. Yeah. Now, there's a lot more to closing. There's a lot more for the, uh, to talk about instead of how you get there and what the presentation looks like or how I do it, that it seems to work. Um, but I must say this. Um what I do at my level isn't just experience, it's anointing. It, there is a gift God's getting me, and I know that, and I honor that. Mm. But what I'm thankful for is he said he's no respecter of persons. So if you petition God to help you be better at this, and you walk by faith, not by sight, and you mix faith and works, as they says in the book of James, then you can expect God to move in on your behalf, even to do the impossible. I think, Brad, you probably agree. Some of the things that have been accomplished on the funding front in the last two years, two and a half years, seemed impossible three years ago. Yeah, for sure. So you take, uh, you've heard the old expression, um, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. We eat right. an elephant of 100 markets. That was going to require uh, $50 million to do. And yep. we don't start with $50 million. We start with checks. And and, and I do believe in confession, um, what you believe and what you say as being a powerful um, a powerful element of success. And it's not just that you said it that makes it happen, but do you believe it? Right. And once Mark and I settled on a budget and we settled on a, a position to go forward and Brad and the rest of us agree to it, then from that point on, I'm as far as I'm concerned, when we lift it up before God, it's a done deal. Yep. And what I can't control is the time. You can't either, by the way. The only thing you can control is yourself and your schedule 
and your focus and your goals, things in your control will help you be more successful. Mm-hmm. It, it is an art and a, and a science built together. Okay. To, to be successful at getting other people to follow you requires some leadership. But ultimately, what causes people to follow you or to write you checks is your level of passion and believability. Um, We have a mission that, for the most part, the strategy, uh, I like to say, you know, from underneath the covers, it's just the stuff we do in the classroom and how we execute. None of that changed at all. Mm -hmm. But what did change is how we presented it to potential donors and how they were able to interpret, listen to me here, you can do this on a local level too, a big vision. Yep. Big vision attracts bigger money, small vision, smaller money. Yep. To the degree that your vision seems small to the individual you're talking to, if they don't think you believe in it enough to ask for the resources, then they're going to either be shy about writing it or they're going to write you less. That's right. So, when I'm with someone, and trust me, this isn't just me putting some gimmicky thing together. I believe it. Yeah. I believe we're in a crisis in America. I believe what we do can save this country. I believe that what we're doing is going to transform our young people to the next generation of godly Christians and leaders. And I know that we have to reach them. And the greatest darkness and field of mission that we've got in, in the world is the public school system. Because they've been restricted from seeing the light, hearing the light. Mm. So I'm thankful to God he's got this organization where we have a a strategy. And I I said all along, I don't care who came up with the beginning. The fact is, it's a God strategy because the only hero in our story is the kids. Right. So you Mm. say, why is he saying all that? Because that's the kind of stuff I talk about in meetings with donors. Yep. When you give people that feeling that, you know, you do believe it. You do believe you're going to bring God back to America and reach a generation. And it's not just something you say, but people feel that when they talk to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm deeply convinced on a, on a level that's unshakable that this is what God's doing with us as an organization. What he's, it's what I believe he's doing with you at a local level, at a chapter level, at a district level. He he's using you to reach these kids Yep. And this, to me, requires reckless abandonment at times. Yep. I just got to go, go, go. I'm on a plane every week going somewhere. And nobody asked me to work like that. Yep. And generally, I'd rather not work that hard. Uh, right. But I am convinced that what we do and uh, is going to make a difference in the lives of my grandchildren and those that follow. Right. That's right. So what's the next step? What's the next section we need to talk about? Well, what I want to talk about right here is the fact that um, over the next, let's just say for the sake of discussion today, six different podcasts, I want to discuss some of the details, many of which we talked about here, like how to make a list, Mm. how do you prioritize that list, how do you get referrals, how do you make sure a referral turns into a meeting, how to call people how to get the appointment, um, how to respect people's time, how to make sure you're organized when you go in and that you're prepared for the discussion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you leave material or do you give material like collateral when you get there? Do you decide to do that after the fact? Mm. There's a lot of things that um, I guess in my point, I do by feeling impulse, but most of it's very structured in my mind about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. Sure. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, how to trust God through this process when the thing you want the most is a yes and let me get my checkbook. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. Right. And it often becomes disappointing when it doesn't happen that way. And it's easy for that to get you down. Yeah. How in the world could they possibly come to that conclusion? Okay, this is old stuff, but I still believe it's a numbers game too. The more people I talk to, the better I get at presenting. Uh, I, I joined the organization and two weeks later I was out talking about it. Oh, what a mess that probably sounded like. But I did it anyway. Because yep. I believe nothing replaces experience. Yeah. So you get as prepared as you can and then you go. Some people think you have to build relationships with people to raise money. Well, that's helpful and beneficial. It's not necessary. I told someone one time when they told me they needed to wait a while before they asked them for any help. And I said, how long do you think I get? I fly into a city. I'm asking that same day. Right. I, I can't wait on that because I'm not counting on the relationship to get them to get them to give. I'm counting on God speaking to the heart about the vision and mission we have. So either they identify or they don't. So I, I'm not moved by the yeses and no's. They're the same to me because I'm letting God do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's presenting and asking. Yeah. Those are some of the subject matters that we'll dig down into. And if you've got suggestions as you watch this, the things you want to hear, send them to us. And I'll be glad to dig down into it. By the way, I do much better like this, talking about it, um, than I probably do writing about it. Um, It's fluid with me. It it does flow out of some experience, but it flows out of my heart and my spirit. And so I want to make sure that whatever I share with you, that it's something also practical that you can use. Uh, but it's a lot to absorb when you're uncomfortable yeah. with it. And if you just want to learn the nuts and bolts of this, go to the library or go online on Amazon and buy it. Mm. The practical side of this is that you have to go do it. And yeah. the learning that comes from that is irreplaceable. And and I'll try my best in whatever we're sharing and what I'm sharing to help you make a, that a shorter walk than it might be otherwise. So that's pretty much it, Brad, today. Um, I hope it tickles people a little bit, uh, that you want to hear more, that you, you want to know more. Um, but I think this was an important place to start. If you if I've shared anything that helped you, I'm pleased. If I said anything to confuse you, I'm sorry. If there's anything that I can do to make it easier for you, I'll try. Sure. Well, it's obviously a joy to have you on the team and uh, to be a part of uh, the staff here with First Priority. Um, as you said, it's, it's been a great three years uh, wrestling through that. And, and as you talk about preparation, yeah, I feel like COVID gave us that preparation we needed to come together as a staff to get on the same page, to find right. that number, like you said. Um, and I would encourage everybody to walk through that EPIC right out of the gate, evaluate your area, where, wherever God has you planted with first priority, uh, begin making those preparations because 
yeah, those preparations, we, we spent a lot of time. Um, we didn't have to recreate the wheel, right? The ministry has been around for a long time, but we did right. have to come up with some new documents and make preparation and get our language right, make our language consistent, doing yeah. all those things that really helps us and you to be successful. And us, yeah, you're doing what you're doing. I'm more successful at what I'm doing. And, and we're all spinning this flywheel faster and faster all the time. So yeah, dig into that EPIC and, and check it out. So yeah. I would final final point for me is, and I, and I said this earlier, but I want to reemphasize it. You don't have to be um, a gifted fundraiser to be successful at raising money. Mm. But you cannot ignore basic things that are duplicatable by anybody. And I think knowing you guys and meeting you around the country like I've done, I know the passion's there. It's about controlling it and organizing it in a manner that leads to fundraising success. And I believe you can. That's good. It's a good word. Amen. Thank you for joining us, taking the time today uh, out of your busy schedule. And uh, I know where are you, where are you heading next? Uh, Richmond uh, this week and uh, Tennessee next week. And then Cincinnati, Texas. There we go. Uh, and there I go. <laughs> right. And you keep right on and going. Yeah. Right on going. yeah. Well, we look forward to the next ones as well. Um, we'll keep these notes handy as you dig into the EPIC down the road. And we uh, learn how to prepare the best to take the hope of Christ to every student, because that's really what it's all about. It sure is. That's it in a nutshell. Thank you, Brad. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Warren, for being on. And we'll see you again next week.